I just got potion. What is it? Potion? Potionomics? Not po I did get potionomics, but I, I should have returned that because I, I played it. For, it didn't work at all on Steam Deck. It's one of the potion permit. The really cute. Potion permit. Yeah, that okay. was the one that you were kind of looking at. The um, Harvest Moon. I, I decided Stardew against Valley. I, I, it has good reviews, and I really like the style, so um, I, I, I was in the mood for something like that. I was playing a little Gunfire on the Steam Deck. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Gunfire works fine. It works good. Um, I, I feel like I prefer it, obviously, a little bit more on the um, uh, on the, the, the PC. Um, and in a and in a group, probably. And in a group, yeah, for sure. Like it's a it's a cool game. I just unlocked um, the dog. Um, but yeah. Oh man, yeah. If you if you ever want to play that game, I'm always. Um, but yeah, I, I did get Potionomics, and it didn't work at all on Steam Deck. Uh, it's just like it, one of those games where you're just moving the mouse as a cursor, and like I don't really think that plays that great. It's a mix of like a lot of ideas, and uh, in the beginning I wasn't loving it, and also it has a lot of opening text that is a huge turnoff to me um you're running a store for your uncle and you're in debt Ugh. and Ugh. i know right these things i you know debt is not debt is not fantasy that's not fun it, if, if i was in a fantasy world with magic and potions you know what i would be doing to cleanse my debt is i would i would make up a potion i would take scrub rat and gillyweed and donko donko fluids and mix them all together and then make uh you know a poultice and then put that poultice in a cauldron and then i would make my debt go away because that's the, the debt debt forgiveness debt, my debt forgiveness potion Bi biden's great the biden the, the <laughs> biden special i i the biden's benevolence uh to to cure my debt and but i don't i don't need a fantasy world with with crippling debt and indentured servitude because that's what they they're like oh if you can't pay this off then you will be an indentured servant it's like so there's so there's slavery in this well there's a lot of slavery in fantasy worlds and in the real world mm. Mm -hmm. so i think we're good and this is going to be the week of october the 29th be with you it's the wtdg and this is the sickest podcast on the net the longtime viewers will be able to tell just how sick this podcast is this week. I, I I don't know about you, but I've been getting so many. You know how you get those those news stories your phone to tell you the queen is dead. Um, sure. Everyone is sick. Um, I've been getting all these these stories about how the flu is exploding this year and that hospitalizations have like quadrupled. That this is the highest amount of flu hospitalizations in 13 years and that we're in the very beginning of the season and that it's like crippling flu and i i guess that might be what i have because i tested negative for covid um for Same. a home test so maybe I, I don't know the value of that maybe the home test you know didn't pick it up but even then um pretty it, it was it was a it was a crippling couple of days i mean i it, it was kind of like the last time i think i was this sick the last time i was like sick sick was 2019 when I got COVID, um, and uh, since then I don't I don't know I feel like I haven't it's 2022 right mm -hmm. I haven't gotten that sick so, so I just I was just like spending a lot of time fever under the covers bed I watched you on Netflix why um, because the the person I'm I'm seeing really likes you and we were watching they like me they like you there was a Fox News clip where I forget who it was I want to say it was like. 
it was one of those one of those ghouls for Fox News that uh, they had a guest on that was saying they had just watched you this weekend, and then the host kept saying, um, "Watched me? What do you mean watched me?" And then they and then this this went on for like five minutes, and the person was not, and they were, they were they were really trying to explain. They said, "No, the the Netflix show you," and then they were like, "I'm not on Netflix." So that's funny. Yeah, it was a it, this is hilarious. They, it's a, ri- it's a rich vein. What? Were they in on it? No. Were they, they no, funny? no, it just, no, they were not in on it. it. You it's it was a great clip because they just sit there confused and then they have to move on from that segment. Um but so 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 I watched that. I and I also played some video games. Um Why? Because that's what you do when you're <laughs> sick or when you're not sick. Um so uh Are you playing a video game right now? I'm not. Is the video game in the house with you? I think it's in the room with me. Uh-oh. Oh no. Uh, uh uh, what have you been playing? Tell me, tell me something good. I gotta start off with my love, my excitement this week. Uh, oh, is geez. is, is it know, a mobile you, game? It is a mobile game, and oh no, oh man, and, and people are gonna. I know they're gonna talk. Not another they're, mobile they're gonna game. Talk and and then friend of this show, ex co-host Saron the Collector, said uh, of when when I said this game and the name the game is Marvel Snap. He said, oh. "Oh, superhero! Oh, come on! So how many, how many mega bucks, how many Marvel dollars do I have to pay to get Paul Rudd as Ant Man? Come on!" And that's you know fair. Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap. That's what it's called. Marvel Snap. So is it even scary? Is it is it even a Halloween? Is it even as good as Smile, the the hit movie, ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes? With an eighty-six percent audience score, is Wait, it? People like it. People like that. People movie? like Smile. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's positive. It's certified fresh. I think both wow. audiences and critics agree that this is the hit of the season. This, you know, this is there's not that for for usually Halloween. There's a ton of scary movies, but I feel like this Halloween they backed off on it. I don't know what mm. it is. There, I, there is a. There, no good ideas. They're no good ideas. ideas. Well, they're they're doing the there's the um there's the Exorcist movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, there like was there's like, like a an, new one. Yeah, there's a new one. Not not in the Exorcist franchise, but there's an ex, there's a movie with an Exorcist, and oh, it's starring okay. a female lead, and everyone is saying uh, in the movie, "You can't be an Exorcist," um, and I guess she proves them wrong. Um, but but the the <laughs> worst part the about Sexorcist. it. Yeah. There you go. The worst part That's about it is that the uh, there's a, a commercial that does the TikTok voice. Um, it does the TikTok y- voice. Yeah, yeah. It, you, have you seen this? Now I, no. I know you've seen. I know you heard. I don't. This. I don't see commercials. It's on YouTube. Where do you see commercials? YouTube. Oh come on! You got to get that YouTube Premium. How much YouTube? How much is do you YouTube? That you don't all the time, every second of every oh, day. Oh, you gotta, you gotta get that YouTube Premium. I probably do, right? How yeah. much is it a month? I don't know. Probably like eight dollars. Damn, that's worth it though. I I watch YouTube nonstop. Um, so yes, that would be worth it. But it's it, thank it, you Google. Thank you Google. Um, thank you, thank you YouTube for sponsoring the show. Um, they're our first sponsor. And this commercial, it's just oh, it's the worst. It has the TikTok voice. We're gonna phase out of voices altogether at some point because in t- twenty years, movies will be made by people just typing, putting the screenplay into an AI generator that will AI generate all the scenes. And then there'll be like TikTok voices that are good enough at that point that will do the the entire they will do a script reading and there there will no longer be any humans involved. But so Marvel Snap, I I 
long time snap long time marvel snap long time viewers have are gonna they're they're gonna grumble and i beg people to download this game this game's unbelievable this game beg them i beg beg? them i beg them why the same way that Nicholas Fury... You know, you're not making money off from them. This is our second sponsor of the week. Is no Marvel one even Snap. knows what Marvel Nic- Snap is. Nicholas, no one's heard of this. If you've ever seen the Avengers Endgame, there's a part where the Hulk says... They say... Someone says to him... Okay, this is good. I'm really getting the scene uh, right. Okay. So the Nicholas Fury says, says, David Branner, you gotta get angry now. And then he says, you know my secret is that I, I am always angry, and that's my secret. Um, you, but it's you that I have to pee. Uh, it's it, you're, you're if, always. I always have to pee. Um, okay. So it, that you know scene makes me think a lot about how. Whoa! I just got a delivery. That scene just makes me think a lot about Marvel, about my life, and about how mo- superhero movies were good back then, and they used to say stuff like that. They used to say stuff like I'm always angry. And I haven't seen them in a while. And I understand the superhero burnout. And I understand, you know, anyone saying, oh, a Marvel game, that's a cash grab. This is a phenomenal game. This is going to be, like, probably in my top five. This, uh, one of the you lead... Know, uh, Gi- the Giant Bomb was just gushing about about this Marvel. Yeah, one of the lead designers is Bren- Ben Brode of, ben Brode. Ha- of Hearthstone fame. And he was, oh he was the one. He was the one because he is so passionate and so honest. He, he was the he was the Hearthstone. He is Hearthstone. He kind of he is was. Hearthstone because I when he left I stopped playing kind of. But he's he's like a Jeff Kaplan where you know that once they're one everything is going good until they leave and then you don't realize how powerful they apparently were behind the scenes for making this thing good. But Marvel Snap is a card game. Um, and, 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 and game? again, don't grow. Oh, dude, oh. that sounds. Oh, don't uh, grow. A mobile game. It's a card game. Oh my god, how much money do I have to spend it's on this? It's so free to play. It's so uh, aggressively I've... free okay, to play. Okay, so everything you play is free to play. And how much money do you spend on? That's true, actually. You know, that's 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 a fair point, but it's but it's irrelevant to this case because this is a actually really truly free to play game. When when I say card game, it, it is very much a collectible card game, but there's no boosters there's no opening packs you get uh there are boosters but go on there are there are boosters but it's in a completely (laughs) different context um uh the the there's no opening packs um buying stuff doesn't really get you net you progression really um the main net you power yeah the the main the, the thing that you get from your money in this game is alternate card artwork for well, the let's cards. talk. Why don't you tell me? Let's talk a little bit about what this is and how it plays, because it's not like a exactly like a Magic or a Hearthstone. I think it's that's more. It's more like an artifact. Sure, I think that's what I like so much about it. It is like the most bold and brave card game I've seen in a long time, because it's doing away with a lot of. It's taking some of the best new innovations in the card game format since you know Hearthstone and get, adding some new things. So you'll the where the you know old kind of things that are familiar are is that you have a deck of only 12 cards that you put in together that's not a lot of cards it's not a lot of cards and there's only six turns what there's six turns um there there is the traditional hearthstone style of mana where um you start out on turn one with one mana on turn two you'll have two mana um it'll just go up one mana per turn um, you start out with three cards. You draw one card on the first turn, and 
Um, cards have power, but not health. Uh, the cards aren't fighting each other in this game. Um, What's you, the point? Y- yeah, so the cra- where the game, like, and the, the most interesting thing about the game is that there are three locations. You can play four cards to three locations, and the winner of the game is the person that has the most power that wins in two locations. Okay. Yeah. So but what if they tie? If they tie, then it goes to the most power overall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and these games are quick, right? These are like three minutes. They are super, super quick. They're blazing fast, but they're also, I, I wonder, I have a lot to ask you about. Um, the games are quick, but do, do you feel like there is a good progression throughout the game? It's not so short that there's no buildup, but I feel like there's a good progression. Oh, well, do, I do take you know what I mean? long turns. Yeah. I'm, I rope people, you know? Yeah. I'm a roper in this game. Yeah. Cause I'm a, I'm doing other stuff. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. I got something on the stove. I got something in the oven. What are you cooking so up in the oven? Um, um, I don't know. So Marvel Marvel Snap Boosters. Marvel Snap Boosters. So where you've been playing this game? I am level three hundred ten. I have been That's playing this game a, a, a ridiculous amount. Um, it's a lot. What do What do you think so far? All right, so let me tell you about my experience with Marvel Snap because I was playing Marvel Snap before it was. I was in um, the earliest closed alpha for this game, and you didn't like it. I didn't like it because uh, it quickly uh, came out with like a pretty bad monetization scheme, where spending money was almost required to up your collection. How do they? U- how do they used to do this? Um, you'd have to look it up because I don't remember. As soon as I as soon as I get a whiff of these things, I, I uh, fall off of... So as soon as I got a whiff of that, I was... So you'd have to look into that. Yeah, I, but, I, it is... It, it, again, like, it's it's so free. It, it, it really is... Like, you don't really buy power so much. It's, it's really weird the way you progress in this game. So cards start out basic of, like, gray, and they're in the border. And then you can upgrade them to, like, almost like the old WoW system of color. So green is, like, a border break. Blue is um, 3D. Uh, yeah, you just you just upgrade the way the cards look to get yeah. them more visual flair. And as you're upgrading the way the cards look, you upgrade your account level, and the account level is tied to unlocking the cards. You get, like, a random mystery card, and apparently, according to Galloway, the way it works out is that you... There's, like, pools of cards that it draws from, so it's something like for the first 100 levels... Um, anyone in 100 levels will have these, this amount of cards and you just randomly get them until you've completely get gotten everything out of that pool. And then um, you start going, and then like maybe the next 200 levels, uh, you start getting pulling from a different pool. So for the most part, people you'll be playing with have like the same cards as you as you're going on uh, deeper in like the levels. Wow. Wow. Which is weird though, because I, I don't know. Like this, the system feels weird. It feels like uh, I don't have a lot of control over what I'm getting, and I feel like in every other card game that's out right now, you you have the ability to just be like, I want this one thing. That's true. Yeah. And then get it. So they are resolving this. It's in their roadmap where there's going to be a, a sixth or seventh or something. Current. This game is full of fucking. But there's going to be another currency called um, collector tokens. Uh, that you will get 
naturally uh, on the progression check, and you'll be able to use the collector tokens to target specific cards that you want to buy. Yeah, sure. If there's like a, a deck that you're chasing, if there's an archetype that you're chasing and uh, you're just getting unlucky and you're not pulling those things, like that's frustrating, obviously. Um, uh, I guess that's a problem in any card game, but I, but you, you can cheat your way around it in other card games by just buying a shit ton of boosters. And then, like you said, a lot of card games have things where you can like Hearthstone dust cards into... Um, just getting what you want in um, Magic Arena, you get uh, wild cards that you can spend on just making a yeah, uh, whatever card. Terra. So, um, uh, so, I, but I haven't found that too bad. Like I, I'll, I'll find a card that, or, or I'll get a new card and it'll slot into a deck uh, in an interesting way, and I'll go play that deck for a little bit. Or you know, like that's kind of how I've been playing so far. Is just kind yeah, of yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about location because we didn't really mention this, but. Uh, so when you put down a card, you're putting it at, uh, one of three locations that are available in every game. Uh, the locations are different and they all have, uh, different effects. Some of which are positive, some of which are negative, but they do, they, they do really change the way that you approach the game. The locations are like, uh, half the strategy of it. Yeah. And they're revealed slowly. Um, the first location is revealed on turn one, the second is on turn two, and the third is on turn three. And the locations are, I think that they're the star of the show completely. I, I think the cards and the decks work great and that the balance is like phenomenal, actually. Like I, every card in this game I've seen a use for in certain decks, and I cannot possibly say that in... At level 310 and playing for, like, 30, 40 hours, like, playing a ton of it and being, like, uh, gold rank, um, uh, I, I don't see any card that I'm like, oh, everyone just plays this card, and that's just what we do at this point. Like it, Well, I, you can't, also, because people don't have the same collections. People don't have the same collections, that's true, and there's, you know, with the locations and with the, the cards, like, it feels like every card has their spot in, like, different... Um, not every card but what what is a card that i that's what i'm saying is like i can't think of any cards that are like uh, other than maybe the cards that are vanilla cards which actually do eventually get cards that make a deck out of them um for the most but part is that an, but is it worth it is that enough i don't know but there is locations that bump up uh, that buff vanilla cards but they're uncommon locations but you can't but you can't play around you can't play around locations being... but so the thing about locations, I would say, is one, I'm extremely impressed by the amount of locations in this game. I've played this game for so long, and there is tons of locations I've seen maybe once, and I'm seeing them like, you know, tens of hours into playing it. I've seen some locations that are like, I cannot even believe that that, that is a location. Like, it's like I, I've seen locations that... I'm just like, this changes everything, and it's completely different. And Yeah, well, there, there's one that, like, adds an extra turn to the game. There are one that, ones that, like, every power you have here add to all your other locations. Yeah, there's, yeah, there, there's some wild ones. There's all game Sin Sinister London is one where whenever you play a card at this location, create a, uh, a clone of this card somewhere else. Um, there's... 
there was a bar sinister, which was, and I'll get to the, and we'll get to this because this is another thing I absolutely love about this game. But uh, it, bar sinister is whenever um, you play a card, play four of them in the same spot. There's locations that are like whenever card moves here, give it plus. There's locations that double like certain effects. There's locations that do double reveals. There's locations that change the way the game is played. They, there's locations that. Um, make it so that six cost cards are less so that the game ramps or, up. Or how about uh, you draw from your opponent's deck? Oh, it, there's one way. location that switches your deck. There's one location where um, uh, it like it, it's worse because it like puts rocks in your deck if you play there. So like your opponent doesn't want to play there, you don't want to play there, but you kind of want to win. There's one location where the least power the amount of power wins, which is funny. Um uh, there's there's wild locations and like I said there's some that are there, there's a lot that are rather common that are not too crazy and then there's some that are like out of control that you don't see a lot um, that, that have some like wild effects but one of the coolest things is since there's three you kind of get this feeling of every game it just feels so different by the third term that the t- third turn that things are really going uh, crazy and and then it becomes very unique I, it's almost like a sort of like board. Is, and, like, a whole, like, vibe is being played of, like, how this game is going to play out. And I just really appreciate that of, like, there's, every game feels so incredibly different to me um, with the way that the locations appear slowly and how they interact and how they interact with your deck and trying to figure out a way to make your deck work at this, with these this set of locations. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that we haven't spoken about yet is Snap, you know? Yeah, this is a weird, like, that's, like, an interesting meta thing. Um, so you can, like, you can snap um, to say that you think you're going to win. Um, and, like, you get a, you get your, your opponent, your, it tells you that your opponent did it or if you did it. And um, it raises the stakes it, of yeah. the game. So then, it, so then instead of, like, normally to you're progressing up this, like, Hearthstone ladder where every win is worth one to progress upwards but you can snap and the earlier you snap the greater the victory or loss like you're every turn you're increasing the value of your victory or loss by one so it's something that you could do to say like i think i'm doing so well or you know it's like a weird meta thing and it's also like sort of a taunt at the same time it's it's a kind of it's like what well, the you name- can use it as a you can use it as a bluff yeah also yeah that is a that is an interesting thing you can also bluff with it saying like maybe turn six or something you could just cheaply snap because it's not even going to be worth that much for win or loss just to say oh i think i like i have this crazy turn six play and try and freak your opponent out um or what you do is as soon as like a a location is revealed that like gives you a random card you just nap and be like i got a sick ass card yeah uh, there's there's tons of cool stuff like that. I think that one of the craziest things about this game is is I'm not gonna say that the deck you go into the game with isn't important or that locations aren't important because of course they are. But I, I felt like and uh, like I, I I this is another thing I want to ask you is like I feel that I usually understand why I won or lost and that I'm making a ton of choices every game. And one of the choices that you're making every game, no matter what is like where you're dumping that power and 
when is it time to maybe like let go of a location? Sometimes it's worth it to just say like, oh, you think you're going to win this location. All right. Like I'm, I'm just not even going to focus on it anymore. And then other times it's good to say like, oh, you think you're going to win this location. I'm going to try and like build this location up and then quickly pivot somewhere else, use cards to pivot somewhere else, or just like play a mind game. And then a lot of games come down to like close games can kind of come down to this final turn where it's like you're maybe you're barely winning in two locations and you're trying to guess like what does this person think that they're going to do? Do they think that they can shore up this location or do I maybe attack a location that they're already winning at because they're they're thinking they don't even need to do anything with it. They're thinking, like, maybe they have three cards down in one location. They're beating me by far. Maybe they think, like, I can't win at this location. I'm just, like, so that means that instead of even churning up my other locations, I'll just play something big on that location that they think they already won and steal it it outright from under them. Um, Or are they going to shore it up again? So there's this constant, like... Like, what? where does the opponent want to go? And if and it, if I'm guessing correctly, where does that mean that I want to go? And and that is, like, a phenomenal constant guessing game, I think, that is, like, really fascinating. That's really, like, what wins or loses games is where you're playing those cards, the positioning of the cards, and when you're, you're trying to let things go. There's this interesting balance also that happens between the bodies that you're playing and the amount of power. So, like... You can get ahead early by playing these cheap cards, but you're, there's a trade-off for the fact that you can only put down four cards in a location, so maybe you're jumping out ahead by playing a one, two, and a three-cost card all in one location, but your opponent might play a four, five, and a six-cost card, card in that location, and you don't have the space to be able to like pump up that location, maybe. So there's there's really like a crazy amount of strategy that i've seen in it so far um how, how do you feel like wh- what do you feel like so far I- the amount of like compared to maybe other card games because card games always have well i have an 80 percent win rate maybe actually i think i have a 90 percent. so ask me anything yeah uh, so i'm clearly doing the best at this I-, I will say that um this game does this thing that we complain about where in the beginning you're just randomly fighting ai and they don't tell you that that's happening no, um, I only I fight I think like the best players in the world. You're like, probably uh, fighting the best players I've in the world. I fought like Sophie, Chloe, Tony, uh Xavier. Robin. Yeah. Um I fight like Ron, I fought Mike. That's when you know you you fight Xavier and it's Professor X. But um uh what what do you feel like the percentage like do you feel like you're getting screwed on RNG or do you feel like no, I I understand why I won or lost this game? Well, I mean, so so there are tempo is important in this game, and it's a little frustrating because uh, nothing there's no carryover with energy, and there's only six turns. So if there's a turn where you can't play all of your energy, and you're inefficient, then you can lose. But at the same like like pretty easily. But at the same time, when these types of things happen, uh, you can just retreat. Like, like the games are so fast that on, on average, like if you play well, you'll win most of your games. You'll never win all of your games, right? Because there's always going to be that element of randomness. Uh, you know, it could be that you play something at a, at a dark location. It ends up flipping, uh, kind of screw yourself over on that. So, I, I mean, yeah. So, so that's sort of where I'm at. It's like, if you can play efficiently, then, then you win, uh, I, I don't know about what most people's starting decks like is and how that works out for them. 
but mine is a weenie deck where I play a bunch of one drops and then a bunch of things that buff one drops and a bunch of things that like synergize with having a full board or grant power to additional units at locations. And it feels like I'm not playing people who have played card games. So I'm just winning almost every game mm-hmm. unless I'm getting like rolled over or like unlucky. And a lot of the times when I am unlucky, I just immediately like I'm just I'm there for quantity. You yeah. Know? Uh, uh, and I'm snapping all the time. Like uh, I'm just snapping. Gonna, I'm just trying to snap up the up the rank. Hell yeah! And you know, I'd, I'd show you how good I am at it, but there's uh, no way to fight uh, friends in this. Yeah, that's a really that so far that's a kind of weird thing. Is there's not even like there's nothing but ranked. Yeah, they're working on it. There's like a roadmap that's available. You can see. Uh, so there's gonna be that. There's gonna be a new battle mode where um, each player has 10 HP. And you keep fighting, and the amount of cubes that you uh, collect at the end, it deals damage to the enemy. So the first one uh, to deplete 10 from their opponent wins the set. And that's going to be the way that you, like, compete against, uh, like, friends and things like that. But I could also imagine, like, I'd like to see what this game would look like uh, in terms of tournament play. I I have to imagine that they're going to use that battle. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, there's so many good thing aspects of this game, but yeah, there, there, like, I would say that one of my few kind of things that I, that are, that are definitely complaints, I agree with you on the, the, the whole, like, tempo topic, but if there's a, there's a further issue created by this game, and that is that with six turns and with the way that mana works and that there's being no carryover and that there's not anything like, like, Runeterra kind of gets around this in an interesting way, um, and that is that, you save mana, um, but only only up to three mana do, do you save going into the next round, and it's useful for mag- for, for magic abilities, for spells, um, and not creatures. Because sometimes in this in like card games, um, there can be like a slighter a less value to spells because they're a one time thing that just goes off versus a creature that is a constant that is a threat that much must be removed that is like constantly attacking. So there's a little bit more value sometimes in that creature sticking on the board versus just a spell going off. Um, but it's an interesting way to get around the whole, like, like sometimes you strategically don't use all your mana. Sometimes you can't use all your mana and then, you know, it gives you a buffer going into the next turn that your next turn is a little bit stronger. But in a game, like the way that the game currently plays though, is that it's going to, forever um it's it's going to really push a tempo based format um versus uh some of these like something like rushdown like the game the game ends at turn six right so so like you can play so a weenie deck is a thing there there is weenie decks um but there's not a lot of card draw and I, so, like, I'm playing, like, a destruction deck and a discard deck, and I can sometimes, like, screw myself. And maybe that's the balance. Maybe that, that was an in, that's intentional because, like, that's your payoff for some of these things. If your destruction or discard doesn't work right, um, or you didn't, like, you did it too early or discard, destructed, or distra- discarded or destroyed, like, some of the wrong cards or, like, made some inefficient plays. But, <laughs> um... Since you're starting with three cards, and since you're drawing one card every turn, and there's no value to um, not using your extra mana, uh, you do get into these weird situations where um, uh, you just kind of 
don't have anything and it's very inefficient and it feels pretty bad and then there's nothing there's no there's since there's no mana turnover or benefit and since there's not a lot of card draw the game is inherently pushing you towards a tempo based play style where you play the one drop you play the two drop you play the three drop um, I'm not saying that that always works out and it, and I'm I'm also impressed because I increasingly feel like as I play the game more that the answer is not always to play exactly on curve. Um, certainly, like a good example of this is that you usually have one six drop in a deck because that six drop is your like game finishing card. You hope you draw it at some point. Um, I, I don't feel like it's worth it to have two of them because there's like some like you said, there's a small chance that the game will go turn seven, but probably you're just gonna play. Um, the one six drop one time at at the end of the game, and it's going to be strong. It's the strong. It's going to be the strongest card in your deck. Well, there there are five card. I think there's a five drop card jubilee that pulls a six drop out and makes it cost less. For- yeah, I've, well, it makes a it makes it free. Well, there you go. Um, it just it just puts it on the field. So yeah, I've seen I've seen a jubilee deck that plays two six drops. Um, and then there's locations that make six drops cheaper, like I said, and there's um some locations that increase the amount of mana you have per turn there's one that increases it by five there's you know like you said there's there can be a turn seven there's lots of crazy shit that can happen um but for the most part i think i I run the one six drop so you're just kind of playing on curve but you don't always need to play on curve a lot of times you want to play you it it is very valuable to split up where you're you're paying it i feel like at a lot of times if i'm winning the game by turn six Sometimes I don't want to play a six drop because it's too much power at one location, and I, I figure that if the enemy plays a six drop, that they're that I just if as long as I can guess where they want to play the six drop, that I can just play like a three drop and a three drop or a four drop and a two drop at two locations. If, if they play a six drop, you're toast. Yeah, but if they play a six drop at the location and I'm giving gonna give it up, then I'm not. Because Yo, then do you I have any uh, you have any legendaries or what? Um. How does that? I mean, I have cards. I've got to, I've got a Star Lord legendary. I have a legendary or because there's there's shiny logo right, and then there's one after that which is like Whoa, holographic. There's one after that. Yeah, there's like holographic frame. Oh my god. So I have I have a legendary um, Sentinel. I have a legendary Spider Woman. I have a legendary Carnage. I have um, I think I have legendary Enchantress. I just got a rocket raccoon, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, I'm what, waiting on that rocket raccoon. What What are some of your? Uh, oh, oh, and then one one thing I want to say also that I like absolutely love. I think is like one of my favorite things so far is that um, I don't know when they do it, but <coughs> Jesus, I don't know when they do it, but um, sometimes they'll just say, you know, for a couple days there's going to be a location that has a higher chance of being in the rotation, um, and. I think it's fascinating when they do that because suddenly there's this rush to make decks around that fact that this location is going to appear a lot. Um, recently, they did it with Bar Sinister. Uh, it was a location that that makes four of the same copies of the card. So I've I, I switched to having all my decks kind of playing around the fact that I'm going to play like Blue Marvel, for example, who is a five drop three co- uh, three power card that um gives plus one plus one to all your um uh everything on your all your minions on the board and then there's also uh iron heart a three drop zero power that gives plus two plus two to three random 
uh, cards on on your side of the board. Uh, so you can do something like play that and then just play, and it'll just play itself four times. Cards like that that have like on reveal effects or ongoing effects that are really strong um, that go across. There there was a, a a couple days where there was a location that was um, whenever cards move here they get stronger. So move decks got really strong. For, for that time i just really like that it like adds a lot of flavor um and it makes you like want to make decks around a location and, and given the fact that there's an insane amount of locations like they could just keep doing this and like it's a very cool kind of thing they're, they're not always doing it but it, they they've done it a couple times and it's and it's really neat it just feels like a cool little it's a really neat event you know as far as mobile games go it's a neat event of like oh this is the this location is going to be keep being played so now i have to think about that whenever i'm making any of my decks right now sure uh so the store we we talked a little bit about about the store and about what you can buy so uh the cards have variants which we didn't talk too much about but essentially they are alternative versions of the same card so you could have like you have your regular nightcrawler but then you might have uh like a baby nightcrawler or like a pixel nightcrawler or something like that, right? Yeah, they have some just uh, straight up alternate artwork. They have they, they have like carnageized versions of and, of and they can uh, they can level separately. Yeah, which, which is, is uh, which yeah. is weird. I, that, that's another like a uh, 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 little minor complaint I have, which is the way the collection works right now is that it puts all of your cards and your variants all in the same pool. So as you're scrolling, like. You know, it's not just, you know, Spider-Man or something there. It's like Spider-Man and your Pixel Spider-Man and your Chibi Spider-Man. You um, can, and you can, you can uh, hide that. You can hide that? How do you hide that? There's a button that says, uh, on the filters that says all variant. Okay. And if you unselect that, you won't, you won't see the variant. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. That, that. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, mostly, I guess like one of my... Uh, the, the, the amount of cards in the game, I think, is really good for a launch. I think that there's a really good amount of decks. Like I said, I'm not really noticing a problem yet um, as far as balance goes. I'm also not really noticing a, an issue with, like, everyone playing the same deck. It's extremely, extremely varied right now. And I think it might, might continue to be varied forever because of the insane way that the locations work and playing around that will continue to be kind of unique. And then I feel like even if there were bad cards that uh, they could make locations that kind of like work around them or have events around them. But for the most part, I'm really, really impressed right now. I'm like kind of shocked at at the, the, the balance is like, I think is like really on point. I don't really notice any cards being bad. I, I feel like there's an argument to be made about every single card I've seen. And I even see cards that are like just wild or game breaking or I want to build entire decks around them. I saw like a... I, I just recently got a card that I've never seen before ever being played, and I want to build a deck around him, where he is a one-mana seven power card, which is maybe the strongest I've ever seen for the um, mana-to-power ratio. Um, Ebony, I think his name is Eben Maw, I think. Um, but uh, uh, his he, he can't be played after turn three, so he's a completely dead drop after turn three, and he has an ongoing effect that locks the location down. Um... I, I'm I'm interested if you can if I can try and combo it with stuff that breaks um, ongoings or also and then there's also like locations that will that will not allow ongoing effects. So I wonder if I can try and do things like play cards around that will stop ongoing effects and make me make it so I can just have a one mana seven drop. 
Um, I've seen some like some really insane cards, and like as a that like the as I'm playing more, I'm starting to see cards that do some wilder things or um, like be more technical or require like decks built around them, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I really wonder how they will manage to uh, continue uh, adding to this game because how will they add a new set of cards? Uh, there's no boosters, and if the current way is is to be like believed uh, like the you're you're there's a pool of cards like we said like i said that you're pulling from in the first 100 levels then a, then a new pool that you're pulling from the next 200 levels and, so, and they've already talked about how they're expanding oh so tell me they're expanding to the top oh so so it will literally be like you won't even see these cards until you get that's right okay that's pretty wild i mean that's that's a bold well it makes no i think it makes a lot of sense because uh as card games go on, they get more complicated. And, you know, with with the way that this is going to work, uh, the most complicated cards are going to be introduced to you at the end. Sure. So you're going to start off by getting all the simpler stuff first. The real, my, my question, and, and it's always my question with this, uh, what they do once they have too many cards. Um, oh, yeah. So because Runeterra... Uh, I don't think they re- they've removed cards. They have not yet, right? I don't think that they're running into. I think they they balance cards and rather than uh ra- rather than cycle. Things yeah, out. I also with the way that Rune Terror is monetized and the way that they add cards, they don't add like a Hearthstone set or or a Magic set where it is a massive set. Um, just drop down. Don't they kind of add like a couple cards? They'll add like um like thirty cards. You know, they'll yes. add like um they'll add like a couple of hero cards, and then they'll add cards that play around the. Sure. So so yeah, they're not like it's not an insane amount yet. No. Well, I don't know. I I don't want to say that it's not an insane amount. Uh, I I haven't played uh, recently enough to say. But my understanding is that people are pretty happy with the state of that game. Uh. Also, because of its monetization. Yeah. Uh, did you hear that they're going to make a... Uh, this is unrelated, but apparently they're a Duelist 2. Is- oh, wow. No, I have not heard that. That is extremely exciting. That's kind of wacky, right? I wonder what style they'll go. I wonder if they'll do the chunky pixel or they'll do like 3D. Because I think 3D could look really good. And I think that could also play better. In I, I think, first of all, Duelist 2 should be mobile first. Because that's a way that they could, that their issue was monetization um, and making it fair. Um, and having a card game only on the computer, I think, was a big problem. So making a um, card game built around mobile with a computer app, I think, would be better. And making it, like, 3D and highly appealing to other people, um, to, like, a wider audience, I think might be... Uh, might yeah, be a better I, idea. I think the style is going to be the same. There's um, there's <coughs> there's screenshots. There's a Kickstarter that's actually live right now. Oh, I gotta get that. Uh, it is coming out uh, on mobile. Um, but the current situation is that uh, uh, mobile day of release is like mobile day and date is a stretch goal that they have yet to. Hmm. Uh, they their their Kickstarter is not going too hot. Uh, it looks like they met their goal. Their their goal was twenty five thousand uh, dollars. They're twenty seven, and they need fifty k for the mobile. How long did you say? Thirteen days left. All right. 
there's usually a big push near the end sometimes, and I feel like now now I would I would probably um, donate my twenty five thousand dollars to it. So so maybe that'll, that'll yeah. boost it up a little bit. I mean, maybe I might throw ten ten bucks, twenty five bucks, fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Marvel Snap is fantastic. Is there anything else? On Marvel Snap? No, not on Marvel Snap. Yeah. What I'm have gonna, you been I'm playing? Planet. Um, I'm playing so much. So, uh, the main thing that I want to tell you about is I got a new monitor. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting this monitor, but continue. We're talking about, uh, so this is actually the first of a new generation of, of monitor technology that is coming out. Uh, all the monitor heads will know about the new Alienware QD OLED or QLED monitor, ultra-wide monitor, um, using quantum OLED technology to deliver the deepest, dankest blacks that you've ever seen. Uh, so I got this new monitor. My, my old monitor was six years old. It was a 35-inch monitor uh, that could only ha- go up to like... Um, 2200 width uh which was really uh bad at at this point in in where technology is and i was finding that i was struggling to read text on it where like it was just like a little blurry and i was like not sure if my eyes were just getting worse but it turns out no mine are always getting worse so it can be both problems for me uh so i opted to get a new monitor uh it's interesting because I, I saw this and I was like, this seems expensive. And then you see a lot of discussion online and people are like, why is it so cheap? And there, there's actually some interesting information about why the monitor is priced at where it is. So the monitor is $1,300, uh, which for some people that is like, why would you spend $1,300 on one peripheral? And But then there are enthusiasts who are like, that's a crazy price and I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> but essentially... There's, um, with OLED screens, they have to be cut from a specific piece of glass. Uh, it's, and, and they, they produce this glass in large, and the larger sheet is called the mother glass. And with these high quality OLED screens, uh, when they think about how to maximize profits and returns, it is how many monitors can they efficiently cut from one piece of this mother glass. And this monitor was designed in such a way that they can get a lot of cuts off of one mother glass, which allowed them to keep the price a little bit more reasonable uh, at at the $1,300. But essentially what it delivers over other monitors is one thing that is nice is it has G-Sync Ultimate. And and this, that probably doesn't matter to you because you're not using a card. But essentially G-Sync Ultimate is the ability to use uh, the new V-Sync technology plus HDR, uh, a regular G-Sync or FreeSync if you're on AMD monitors, can't leverage HDR while using the, the refresh rate, you know, tricks, but this one can. Uh, so that's very nice. Uh, I've never had an HDR monitor before, so that also has been really nice. Uh, I've been... So it's funny, the main reason why I wanted to get this monitor was I was considering Gotham. Uh, that's the new sort of like Destiny meets Arkham Knight game where it's where you play as one of four characters uh, and team up with your friends to, I guess, defend Gotham. But apparently the game, the, the game is uh, not doing so hot. 
people people are not digging this game. Why? People are not liking the. Apparently, it's the combat is just dull. People like uh, I, I guess the, well, it's the best been, this, thing. This kind of combat has been going on forever now. Yeah, but but the <clears throat> the main criticism that I heard is that uh, people are saying so you took Batman and you cut him into four pieces and people get to play as one of the four pieces. Okay. Yeah, that's boring. I know what you mean. So it's it's kind of like that. It, it the, the game doesn't have like the counter, like the sort of like a rhythmic like counter uh, that you got in the other games. Apparently the traversal is less interesting than these arc than the old Arkham games. So instead of playing uh, Gotham Knights, I've actually I actually just went back and I'm replaying uh, the old Arkham Knight game, which is the the uh, third in the trilogy with. Uh, Ar- Arkham Asylum, and then there was Arkham City, and then there was Arkham Knight. So I'm I'm going through that right now, and I'm playing Modern Modern Warfare Two. And how is Modern. that? Uh, it's a good one of these. So a good Call of Duty comes out once every three years. Uh, I've said this a couple of times. It's and it's always been true for me. Uh, basically, the ones that Infinity Ward makes are are typically the, those are those are the good ones. Uh, they made Modern Warfare 2019 which a lot of people love because of Gunsmith. And they made this one, which has the uh, essentially the updated version of Gunsmith. Uh, the multiplayer feels good. The, I mean, the main thing is that, like, my first impression of the multiplayer maps. The, so, and I actually, unfortunately, like, I never have any time to play any games. So I didn't even really get to play much of the multiplayer before re- recording this podcast. Which means that I don't really have too much to say on it just yet. I think it's, why, that, it's seventy dollars. So yeah, most most new games are seventy dollars. I I don't know. Like I I know we're moving towards that, especially on console. But it's just wild to me that that that's where that's where we're headed. And this is one of the first major games. I I feel like having Call of Duty come out for seventy dollars is a really big step for other developers to just say, oh, Call of Duty did it, so we can do it too. Wasn't the last Call of Duty already seventy dollars? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like it was sixty. Hmm. Maybe it was sixty. Maybe this is the first seventy dollar. Which games have been seventy dollars? So Godfall was seventy dollars, which I bought in twenty twenty. So that's pretty. So this fall, let's see. Let's see what's going to be seventy dollars. We've got um Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights uh, is seventy dollars. Yeah, but not on not on PC. Surprisingly, uh, Call of Duty. God of War Ragnarok, the Callisto Protocol. And then next year, you've got Forspoken, Dead Island 2, Hogwarts Legacy, Wild Hearts, and Skull and Bone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. I, I, most games are just um, downloaded anyway. It's not like they're, they're having to worry about moving physical copies and all the extra money that goes into um, like the transportation of it and then f- selling physical copies or getting rid of physical copies and the, the space it takes up and everything. Um but it just feels like because people are getting paid more, inflation. People are everything. getting paid more. There, we have you know been at sixty dollars for quite some time. And and we've when's the last time you paid sixty dollars and only sixty dollars for? Um, that's probably that probably happens more than you think. I mean, like, and then I play. I, a lot of times I pay not sixty dollars for games. That is yeah, my more common thing. but a lot of people thing. are buying games and buying expansion. Yeah, down the line, I, I think expansions are fine. We're not even talking about expansions yet. We're talking about, I, I just think that there's, 
and I, I think I'm barely wrong. I think I'm barely right, and I'm holding on to, like, a past that doesn't really exist anymore. But um, usually when you see that amount of... When you see, uh, you see like, a whole, like, cosmetic battle passes, um, monetized cosmetics and everything, and then uh, you have... Uh, or you have the 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 buy-in price, you know. Like you usually don't have quite the the same at quite like both at the same time. Um, I, and, I actually think it's it's shocking how long games were at sixty dollars, considering how much inflation has rose since games were sixty dollars. Games were sixty dollars when I was in like high school. Sure, but but then there there was the whole switch over to being digital for the most part. That, like I said, there's so much that goes in with the actual manufacturing the digital the the physical copies, transporting digital the the physical copies, all of that, and then shelf space and all this kind of stuff is a ton of money that was being that's being saved because people aren't even doing that anymore. People are just sitting at their computer and downloading. Except for the people who are buying them, right? Like the, those that doesn't go away. It's not completely that, gone, that's but still happening. It's, it, which is bizarre, but it's a thing. There's also interesting, there's practically nothing on the Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, yeah? It's just one of those things where it just kind of boots up to a yep. server, kind of? To or a thing just... you download. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I would have played it if it was... I, I'm, I'm sure I would have played it if it were free or, or at a cheaper price, because I, I don't want to play, like, the story or anything. I, just, I would just want to play the multiplayer. Um, and $70 is a big ask for multiplayer when there's... Um, well, it was either going to be sixty or seventy, so it's interesting that 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 ten dollars breaks. Um, but I, I don't even pay that amount because there's a lot of multiplayer's are just free. Like the what's the uh, the recent Call of Duty that had the uh, the Battlefront or like the Warzone was free, right? Yeah, War Warzone will be free when it comes out. Yeah, so that so like that I feel like is is more at my alley. Considering that that a lot of good multiplayer games that are multiplayer only or are specifically like even shooters like there's there's fantastic shooters to buy right now that are that are completely free that you could just that that are mon that are paid for through cosmetic monetization and battle pass and everything you know isn't i think halo's free the the multiplayer right that is true uh, valorant free. csgo um that uh, the call of duty battlefront uh uh fortnite it, it, you know like there's there's so many good shooters uh out there that are completely free so um, seventy dollars is a big ask for me, especially when I know that I'm gonna also see a battle pass and cosmetics. That's that's a lot. Yeah, I'm playing through the campaign as well, which is fun. It's a it's a Call of Duty campaign, but this time you get you get uh some some options. You get to uh say different things. You get to respond to characters. Oh yeah, you get to you They'll get to ask questions, and you can there's a dialogue options. You get to press Y to to pay your respects. You get to press five to reply with a cheat. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah. Instead of you get to really, you get to do that thing where where your character it says cheeky quip and then your character's like like oh go to hell anti semite and then they and they kill him. It's like well I, I don't know if I wanted that but but that's something. Oh yeah. What else have you been playing? Um, I played some of Vault of the Void. Uh, oh yeah. I, I I like it a fair bit. Um, it, it's a little. It's a little messy, like like we we you, we talked about this last. You talked about this the last time, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I really there's so many things that I like about it. So Vault of the Void is a um, roguelike card game, um, very much in the vein of Slay the Spire. Uh, you pick a character, and then every there's four different characters, right? And they, each of the characters have 
two variant decks that kind two of starter decks, yeah. Two, yeah, that kind of like play around a certain mechanic that they have. Um, uh, there's there's like one where uh, she gets more power, like a witch that gets more powerful as she gets like corruption. So she ramps up in the individual um, fights. There's one that's like a monk that that gets like this like kind of like uh, zen going on. I haven't played in a little bit, so I don't remember the exact um, wording on it. Um, but I, but I, I liked it. And, and you're, 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 uh, adding to the deck, taking away the deck, getting relics that modify how the deck is played. And you're going in the same way as Slay the Spire, you're kind of moving, you're progressing through a map, um, making choices on the next room to go. And every time you're making a choice, you're losing access to somewhere else. This is a very common kind of thing in this roguelike genre right now, but this is a very good one of these. Um, I would say for the most part, there's some cool mechanics that I that I like a lot. Um, one of the main things I think I, I forget if you you probably went over this, but I, I, I this is like a weird way to do this um, <clears throat> was that like the enemies threaten you um, instead of doing damage immediately, they kind of like threaten you, which I guess is is pretty similar to Slave Spire because you know you're gonna take a certain amount, but you're just like looking at the amount you're gonna take, the amount you could block, and everything like that. Um, I would say that like I. I I think that some of the decks are a little too... Like, some of the characters are a little too weird. There's, like, an Inquisitor that I didn't really like any of her decks. Um, I also feel like there's... I, I'm not... I, I wasn't getting the relics quick enough that kind of modify or make the decks kind of go out of control. For the most part, um, I beat the game on normal a couple times with everyone. And uh, uh, I, I played a couple hard runs, but I wasn't making it all the way to the end on the hard runs. And I felt like... Um, there wasn't quite as much as, like, in Slay the Spire pretty early on, I would start to pivot somewhere. Uh, like, you know, in the in the first, before you get up to the first <coughs> boss, you might have already gotten, like, a relic that is, like, um, you know, double your poison damage or something. And then you get a poison card, and then you're like, now you're off to the races. Now it's like, everything I do that yeah. can push me to poison is going to push me to poison, and I'm just going to keep doing that. And I don't feel like this game, like, it has that potential, but I, I don't feel like I've seen it happen quite as much yet. Um, I feel like a lot of the cards are, like, doing multiple things, and, like, uh, the more of the relics are just based around making the characters' individual, like, powers and stuff better. The other complaint that I would have is that aesthetically it's, it's like, not doing a lot. Um, it's, it's pretty bland-looking. Uh, when you play, there, there's not even, like, locations, really, um everything you're... yeah it's no marvel snap it's not it's not Mar marvel snap no, there's no location there's no locations there's not like any there's not there's no boards right like there's no like hearthstone boards or anything there's no environments um you're just kind of playing the the enemies you play against are just like these static screen like these little static um uh image jpegs and you're fighting those and uh, there's nothing in the background. It's all this just kind of gray board. So uh, I, I, I don't feel like that looks that great compared to games like Slay the Spire where um, you, you, you play as like, a, you know, like there's like a physical character there. I, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty minor thing, but it, like there's a physical character and all the places that you're fighting have like different looks to them. And then the monsters look very different. And then you fight a boss and the boss will be this bigger, huge, scary kind of thing. And, and, and I really like that. I, I like, I like the way that the kind of flavor that adds. So this game is like pretty light on flavor. Um, it's like I said, like I said, it's just like the static JPEG enemies and a blank board and 
um, like no environments and no character, not really like a lot of animations to anything. Um, I'm sure it was like a smaller team, obviously, but uh, uh, yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't always look the greatest. Uh, but but I, I overall I think it it is a really it's a good one of these. Um, and maybe they'll they'll continue to add to it in the future. I think that like a little bit of vibrancy, a little bit more color would would go a long way. And also getting a way to get you relics quicker to start like popping off or getting that synergy, which is like what I'm always looking for, uh, would be really neat. Yeah, you know, also, um, speaking of games that start with V, uh, Vampire Survivors, 1.0 uh, this last week. Oh, yeah. Um, did, you, did you play it? I've been playing it. Yeah, no, it's just, it's there's more of it. So uh, I, if you ever felt like Vampire Survivors didn't have enough, now there's now there's more. That is a great game. Did and you for ever $3? Feel like, like, there was, like there wasn't enough? They upped the price to $5. Oh, I got in on the ground floor. Yeah. Uh, see, that's that's inflation for you, right? $70 games, $5 games. Yeah, I was going to say buy it no matter what at three. Don't buy it at five. Wait till it goes on sale. Five? Wait wait for a sale. Wait right? for a sale. No, I'm kidding. You should buy it anyway. I don't know what the total numbers are on weapon. I feel like there's a lot at this point. And, and it's there's I, a lot I feel of like characters. It's... I don't know about weapons as much because I, I maybe the weapons was where I was kind of seeing similar things over and over again so so i appreciate some of the weapons but there's a lot of characters there are a lot of characters and and a lot of the weapon unlocks come later on okay maybe but... i haven't seen all the because i've seen characters that have uh, weapons that i've never seen before like there's a dog that throws bouquets oh i don't have that yet i think his name is o'shea he's he's also see, he's irish i guess there's uh 36 characters there's 51 weapons but the 51 weapons also factors in the evolution uh did you get arcanas I did. Did you start unlocking Arcanas? Yeah, I started yeah, so unlocking there's Arcanas. The Arcanas. There's the there's the relics. There's a the tw- there's twenty passive items, hundred thirty achievements, ten levels. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, I played Grounded. Oh, okay. Or or the the so this is a joke I've been wanting to make, and I'm sure that I'm not the first person to. But G- Bugnautica, you know. Okay. There it is. Uh, so this game is it's it's Subnautica, but it's in a in a backyard. So it is a survival game. Uh, it is a co-op survival game uh, with some really good uh, online play and and some really smart ideas. Now, real so, quick, is this going to be one of those survival games like a Minecraft or something where? You're it's a subnautica, you know, subnautica, it's sub, it's well, bug nautica. Well, that's what dude. I'm trying to because I didn't play subnautica, so what I'm trying to figure out is it's is world. this this is a world where it, it, it is a singular world? It's not, it is, a, it is a fixed world, there's no um randomized generation. Okay, the and world. and there's like a maybe a, a, an end game, there's maybe like a there a, is an end a, game. a way to there finish the game. A, there is a you are starting off, the starting <clears throat> area is relatively safe. You are building up a base, collecting resources, trying to maintain food and water levels, keeping your keeping your gear up, and then eventually fighting into the harder areas. Once you're in those harder areas, you're getting better gear. That's going to let you get to harder areas, and you know. So eventually, you'll. And and these games also have uh, a very Metroidvania style to them. Of there is this. The, oh, look at this lake. I want to explore the lake, but I don't have any way to breathe in it. So I'm going to go to this area and I, I get a material that 
uh, I can use to make breathing apparatus. And now that I'm in the lake, I am getting access to this new type of food that's going to do this for me. Or I can use the, the, I can kill the fish down here to make traps. And then I can like bait this wolf spider over here and get the thing that it's holding. Uh, and this game also has a narrative to where you are playing as one of four kids who have been kidnapped by the scientist and have been shrunk down. And essentially, you are exploring this yard for clues in order to figure out like how you can embiggen yourself, how you can get big again. And it's got like a very 90s cartoon vibe to it, where I think the game takes place in the early 90s. So, you know, they're making... The kids are like, wow, this is tubular. I don't think they're saying that, but, but you know. I say that all the time. Along those lines. So maybe it's 2022. This game is hard, and it's also scary. These bugs are huge. Yeah. Bugs There's aren't good when they're bugs. small, you know? Uh, but it is really fun to, like, see things that are very big. <clears throat> like, you find a juice box, and the juice box, every once in a while, lets out a drip of juice. I always love that. that's really convenient. Maybe you uh, hang out near the juice box. Maybe you build a base near the juice box so that you just always have that little drip of juice. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I love Pikmin for that when you find, like, huge-ass batteries. This game's on Game Pass. I I, I recommend it. Uh, you can... The, the building is fun. Uh, there are some customizable difficulty options. So there's, like, a... This is the type of game where, by default, if you die, you drop your backpack full of supplies that you had... Uh, the game leaves you with uh, your weapon and with your armor, which is kind of nice because with your weapon and armor, you can maybe run for your bag to get your stuff back. Or you could uh, just create a custom game and turn that off, you know, if you mm -hmm. don't like that kind of penalty for dying. But the thing that I really like about the way that the, the worlds work is that when you host a game, you can create a shared world. And what the shared world will do is it will save a version of the game to the cloud uh, so that any of your friends uh, who you've shared it with can spin up the world and play even if you're not online, which is really nice because essentially it means like uh, you don't have to worry about all coordinating with your friends to all play at the same time. You can play whenever you want and still, you know, all be working towards the same goals. So that's neat. <clears throat> It's it's a really good one of these, uh, and it's it's on Game Pass. Well, hell yeah! You know what else is on Game Pass? Everything. Persona Five. Oh, Royal. Persona Five Royale is is uh, made its way to Steam finally. Is it my it time has. to get it and then on Steam and then finally play it and finish it on the deck? I think not, but maybe. You don't think so? You don't think so? With the Royal version? I don't know. Maybe not. It's so hard to say because I already have Royale and I'm already like so. I'm like. I got so far in it, uh, even the Royale version on my on my uh, PlayStation. Oh, I would have to go like, I think I'm like 50, 60 hours into that one. And then I was like 80 hours in on my original what playthrough of it. What is stopping you? I don't know. I mean, it just you get to a point where there's something else. And it's like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> and I finished the other ones. I finished the other personas. But it's like, and now it, it like, it, it, I, I didn't make that, that first push, not making it through on that first push <coughs> was what, uh was what killed me because then royale is is there's a lot of additional stuff in royale it's certainly worth it um oh boy, but yeah but, there is but um uh for it would be amazing to have con that been the first experience with it you know what i mean uh, obviously oh, yeah. um did you play it did you did you get it do you play it no no i've got i've got i'm playing through uh dark cloud 2. 
Oh yeah, you're still playing through the dark. On my Steam cloud. Deck. And I'm waiting for uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn. That's very soon. Oh hell yeah! I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of fighting games as I do. I've just been still living that fighting game lifestyle. Um, I have been playing Exert because Exert is getting rollback, or that at least there's a rollback beta going on October seventeenth. I mean, to... I would say that it got it got rolled. Oh, uh, but it's losing rollback again. Oh no! Yeah, uh, it's only in beta, and it's losing rollback come November first, and then it'll. I guess it'll like get, they'll get rollback again. You know, uh, rollback doesn't mean that it's going to be good always yeah, it definitely does not yeah it, no this one especially does not feel good. and that is where i was going with that um this game as rollback does not feel great um first of maybe all the worst rollback i've experienced probably the maybe the worst rollback i've ever experienced um so uh i i man this game the, I, I realized something i, I was playing exert all yesterday and there, there's something enticing to me about games that are incredibly difficult and challenging and that they feel like there is a mastery to even playing them moment to moment. Um, where I, 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 what I kind of mean by this is games like, like I, I, I'm often like entranced by something like CSGO or Valorant because the actual playing of it is so incredibly hard. The, like CSGO is so player unfriendly for hundreds of hours like it it, sure. it, it 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 spits in the face of all the mechanics you've always known with shooting that like you're not allowed to run and shoot that you have to like stop like sometimes crouch get like off a good shot and that you have to be like insanely precise because someone else who's been doing that for hundreds of hours is going to be able to like counter strafe headshot you and that there's like an insane skill ceiling on it and exerd a lot of older fighting games fighting games have this thing that and this is a thing and i guess this is just a this is a thing right uh and and maybe it's that the fighting game community is either more vocal about this or people maybe just simply focus on this a lot more but this thing that happens way worse in fighting game communities i think than in any other community and that is that people don't like the new iterations of things uh they Every time, without fail, every single time a new fighting game comes out, people say the old, the last one was better, and that happened before too. So, so when when Street Fighter Four came out, which was you know my real beginning of actually playing a fighting game and playing it and playing it well, or at least trying to play it, I had played you know Guilty Gear mainly before that, but had no idea what I was doing. Um, uh, when I played Street Fighter 4, everyone com- complained. Everyone that played Street Fighter 3 said that Street Fighter 3 was way worse. Street Fighter 4 sucks. It's not balanced. It has, like, this whack shit. Like, the, they didn't like the Roman cancels. They didn't like the, the ultra meter. That There was the reversal kind of stuff. So they didn't like all these things about it. And... Uh, you know, like, oh, the footsies aren't there anymore. This isn't street, the Street Fighter I know. And I even knew people who, in real life, who played Street Fighter 3, and they just always kind of didn't like 4, and you just have that experience where you play the game with them, and they're just like, yeah, this isn't the real, this isn't a real fighting game. When they lose, this isn't, this isn't as good as Street Fighter 3. Like, they just have that, they have that John on, just on deck for whatever, whenever they have a problem. Sure. And that happens to, like, every fighting game. It's just like a, Street Fighter, uh, Guilty Gear Strive came out, and everyone, no, they, this isn't as good as Exert. Exert was way better, and I'm sure when Exert came out, no, this is not as good as Axon Core or anything like that. So, that always happens, and it's funny going back to Exert, because I don't think that Exert is really that 
fantastic. There's and and it's also interesting because I think Exert highlights some of the massive problems that have been around in fighting games that have made people not want to play fighting games for a long time. Exert has you know better tutorials than a lot of other fighting games, but in a game like that. Not only are the combos like pretty insanely hard, especially I'm I'm playing Zato in it because I played Zato in Strive and I just love the character and like that archetype sure. now. But the that character is so unreasonably difficult in that game, and he's also like considered probably the second worst character in the game behind Potemkin, if not the worst. So you, I'm playing this character that is so unreasonably hard to play that also even at the highest level is trash has terrible matchups with everything like the balance of this game is whack like the most characters other than the top characters have horrible matchup charts like you are looking at a game that is full of three sevens where you're just going to get absolutely obliterated all the time and then the other thing that and that what the thing that i would that i really want was just thinking about playing a lot of online was that games like this like exerd they have so much horseshit and gimmicks that take you so long to learn and there's this thing that goes on where the community will say leo is bad leo is a like lower mid-tier character he's not very good he can't win tournaments he's not a good character but he will he will destroy you online for the first like thousand hours and until you until you sit around and like lab him and know exactly what he does and practice learn how to do his mix-ups on you to be able to set the ai to do it against you to practice it to be able to make like option selects against it then he'll eventually just be like a trash character that doesn't work anymore but until then he's going to beat you for free and he's insanely hard to block and he just wins for free and he's very easy to play and that's not good like that's not good at all. And and uh, I, I there was there's a really good Deb video about how Deb talks about their uh, Elfelt, one of the best characters in the game, and also incidentally a very easy character to play and pick up. Um, that is just not my my type of character, and I don't want to play them. Um, there is like a eight page Google Doc on when you're in the corner versus Elfelt, and Elfelt pulls out her shotgun. It's a frame one. Um, it'll hit you on the first frame and she can sit there holding it. And when she releases it, it'll shoot you. And it, and it's eight pages of what, of each character, how they should respond to it. And the mind games that you're supposed to play versus the Elfelt is holding that you like held hostage in the corner with a shotgun. And I just mentioned this to be like the, the rest of the Deb video, Deb also just talks about, you know, stuff like Leo, trash character, you got to learn how to lab, you had to lab against them for a long time, and eventually they stop working, but that's the game, that's, the game is so full of gimmicks, and stuff that eventually doesn't work at a high level, but, like, you will be just getting crushed by this forever, and I don't know if that's and, good. And, and you, you do realize that, like, this isn't, like, an ex, like, I, I, it's interesting to me that this is where you bring it up, because we played Central Fix. And yeah, Central I Fiction has the same sort of scenarios. I think Central Friction, Fiction does. I, I was thinking about that. This is more an anime game issue than it is anything else. Street Fighter, I'm not saying that Street Fighter has no gimmicks or no bullshit, but a lot of that comes very, like, either is much slower or after, like, it, it'll be, it, Street Fighter is usually more like, Cammy's going to mix you up and there's going to be a single 50-50. And if you block the 50-50, then after like two normals, she's going to be pushed out of your range. And now you're in range. Like, now it's either your turn or she has to do something unsafe like that. Dash up. So, so like usually there's 
there's a lot more space in between these interactions but in fight in in uh, anime games a lot of times you can have uh like constant mix-ups or like constant 50 50s or just gimmicks that are impossible to block and then either they are truly impossible or you have to know something that's like well once you know to push block the first hit and then you do your blitz attack for the second hit that this thing will never work again that's like this mix-up's never gonna work again it's not it's not real and i don't really like that either like i i don't like the idea of fake mix-ups that will completely not work at a high level it's like i would rather just things work or not work like they sure things are going to get worse at a high level in a lot of cases sure a slower 25 frame 30 frame overhead is not very effective at a high level until you've got the person either like off their game or you've increased the mental stack to that to, to, to some degree but i don't like the idea of stuff that just like literally won't work at some point or, or that being a big part of the game is just like constant rote memorization and trivial practicing how to completely trivial trivialize certain abilities like i i I don't like that and and the game has and 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 one of the main ways that this game does that is with uh instant blocking uh there's a lot of things where you're meant to like block block and then like instant block certain things where you know that someone's going to do like a cheap ass looping mix-up on you but if you block block and then instant block a certain hit that it won't work and you'll be able to punish your way out of it so stuff like that is like not fun like i'm almost experiencing the smurf issue where where I'll fight people that seem like they're they're they've recently picked up the game and they're as confused as me, and the game feels really fun at that point because like the Zato stuff is working and um, the the tier list is like you know ne- like it's not that relevant at that point in a, a, in the early game and it feels like I can do pretty well and I just love piloting like this version of Zato is very fun he's got some really cool things but. Um, then I play like people who are like starting over on a new account or something, and like I fought this guy uh, Dreamcatcher who was playing Bedman and obviously knew how to play Bedman, and ha- they went on like they they had like 13 games played, 13 games won. Like of course, of course they're not new to Bedman. Like they've played this character before, and their name is like around. Well, if, they're, if they're if they're in the beta, then then like it's not like they're smurfing. They're just you know. They're just in the beta, it's... yeah. But they're just like obliterating me you know like they're just like they know how to and 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 um and then it even should yeah and then as this is happening you're just thinking like is this character even good like what is happening like is this character is trash apparently or whatever i think Bedman's actually fine but anyway yeah that game is weird and i just i i'm it's just interesting because the street fighter 6 had their beta and tons of people during throughout the entire life of street fighter 5 people thought street fighter 5 is going to be the, the return to grounded footsies and then for whatever reason, even though it basically is, I think the footsie, the the footsie game in it is fine. A lot of people complained about it and said like the game is too rushed down, the damage is too high, um, V triggers are robbery, and you know, all these things, right? Like oh, the, oh uh, uh, all these things are imbalanced. People have all these complaints and like and oh, Street Fighter Four was better. And now Street Fighter Six comes out with their beta, and then people are Street Fighter Five was better. The Street Fighter Five had better footsies. Street Fighter Six like they just have drive impact. That just like what a dumb shortcut you know like this doesn't and it's just it's just so interesting to go back and play one that i don't really have that much experience with and just think like yeah you guys like there's so many like whack shit in older fighting games that is such a yeah, problem when i played Str- when i played some of uh revelator I, or exert whatever uh 
I, I played not that much of it, but I thought, damn, I know now I understand why they did this, this, and this. Sure. Like, like it really justified for me a lot of the drive. I know it's funny. Like, I, I remember you specifically mentioning, like, you can in Revelator, it's definitely, especially for the early game, one of the strongest things to do is just instant air dash, double overhead. That's like a, a and that, that's an anime thing, right? It's like instant air dash, double over, like low, really low to the ground, instant air dash, double overhead, uh, uh, double overhead. So that's like a, that's like obviously a thing. Um, and in this game, and, and in Revelator, there is a universal, uh, it's, they still have 6P, which is still a universal anti-air, but it certainly, it does not work that well. Um, I was fighting a Slayer, and they had one, they had this one move where, I think it's Jump S, where Slayer does this, like, weird kicks, like, he's, like, kind of, like, fa- striving to stop his fall, this, like, comical, like, um, like, paddling kicks thing, and for whatever reason... It is completely unsixpable. It, it it completely does not work. It it will like the Zato six P gets blown up by it. And and like other characters I, I started winning, I was doing great by just watching for people's IADs and then six Ping and then doing a combo off of that and then trying to get a setup afterwards. Um but this slayer was just exploding me by me every single time he would just jump in the air and I would try in 6P and I realized like I can't even do it. I, I got to start just blocking it because I can't anti-air him. Um, and uh, I had to find out a different anti-air for him. But anyway, um, so, so 6P doesn't really work that well. And in Strive, they made it so that 6P is like extremely strong and like generally and arguably going to work versus a aerial opponent by taking away your upper body hitbox. And you can almost see like from from Exer to Strive, why they would take such a drastic step into making 6P, the universal anti-air, so strong because they were just thinking, like, this is a problem. Like, like jump-ins are a problem in this game. Like, and 6Ps don't even work that well. They're not, like, even though it's an anti-air, it feels like half the time, if P, if someone ha- if, if Slayer has a button that, that blows up your 6P, then he's just going to start jumping and then using that button. <clears throat> there you go. So yeah, I, I could see that. Like it's 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 funny. Like it's always uh, it's it. There's reasons why these devs do these things, and it's and it's also just funny to me the way that people are so it, like they're basically like luddites. They they don't they 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 had their old thing and they they they're vocal about not liking the new thing, and it's just it's just really interesting. It happens every single time. It, it's without fail. Like there's literally a crowd. that's like the rallying cry at the beginning of every fighting game and i guess there's a a degree of it that makes sense because maybe for the hardcore fans you spent five years or whatever it is seven years i forget how long street fighter 5 has been out um probably yeah probably much more than five years because you were you were living at home back then um that street fighter has been out maybe like 10 years almost jesus um it's been out for so long and I understand if you're still playing that, and I, I played Street Fighter Five yesterday. I mean, if you're still playing it, maybe you go to Street Fighter Six and you're like, "This is jarring. This is like kind of weird. Like I almost want to go back to the other one, but the other one like lost a lot of its fan base. Probably, probably harder to get into a match. It's not going to get updates anymore. There's all these issues with it. You really want to play the new one, but you're like, I'm used to the old one. So I understand. Like I, I, I kind of understand the feeling, but there's just this weird thing of like, that's not how it was in in four. That's not how it was in five. I played um uh I was watching Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and that is a yeah that is a that is a, a an okay anime that is extremely held up by Studio Trigger and how good the animation is. Um 
but it made me want to play Cyberpunk so badly. And I was thinking one night, yeah, I gotta, I'm going to download Cyberpunk and play it right now because I want it so bad. Then I thought, you know what? Wait for it to be on sale. So I wishlisted it, and then I woke up the next morning and it was on sale for it was it went from uh it went from sixty dollars to thirty dollars. So I bought it. There you go. Um, it happened overnight. Um, so I played the first. That's like, as good a reason as any to get a new monitor. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it. Uh, so I played the first like two three hours of it. Um, character customization is great. I got boobs right away. Right. That's good. Right. There you go. You can even you can add a dongaroo on there. Um, uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, and uh, my immediate thoughts uh, of it so far are that I'm surprised it's not running as well. It's running better, but there, there's especially, there's this part in the beginning where it's jumping from like these scene to scene. Like you meet this, this guy and, uh, it's, it's, What's uh, his name? Jackie. Ooh. Um, you meet this guy, Jackie, and, uh, he's, he's this like criminal and you're a criminal and... I, so I your friends. I picked the street kid um, because I want because I'm coming from Edge Runner, so I want it to be like you know I grew up here, I do drugs, um, but cyber drugs. Um, so so I was doing so I I, I Edge druggers. Yeah. So I uh, I met yeah, I met Jackie, and then he's like, yeah, we should go get lunch. And after he tried to rob me or whatever, and uh, then there's this scene where it's it's like fast cutting between. Um, all these, I guess, months that you're hanging out with Jackie, you're going on, you're, you're robbing places, you're in shootouts with Jackie, you're partying with Jackie, like, you hang out with Jackie on the outside, you're drinking with Jackie. It's just showing, like, like time has been passing, and now, like, this guy you just met is really close. But the game was, like, not handling it well. I don't know if it was just the jumping from area to area and trying to, like, rapidly load in these, like, complex... Are, are you using RTX? I ha- yeah, I had RTX on. But is that is that something you have to toggle? My my, I, I absolutely have the like a graphics card that is ray tracing ready. But I feel like I don't notice the game looking that much better. So I don't know if it is even really doing it, even though it looks like it's toggled on in the menus. And oh, the game looks it looks pretty different when you have ray tracing on. Maybe I would just be, have to turn ray tracing off noticeable. to see. Yeah. But um. But yeah, like it, it's not smooth. Um, but also don't expect to go above 60. Yeah, I feel like it's not smooth, and it, and, it, and it's certainly, like, it can't handle uh, being completely smooth when I, like, mo- when I look around quick and I'm in this city because it's loading in, like, these high, high buildings. Okay, that's yeah. weird. And, and like, I, I just feel like, it's, I, I'm not saying that there's, like, it's not necessarily, like, pop-in, but, like, it'll, like, the frame rate will dip if I'm, like, if I spin the camera for too quickly and it has to, like, load in all this stuff, I guess. Um, but so the game, the game looks okay. The people in the game look very ugly. I think that overall the aesthetic, like the actual world itself looks really nice, but the people like look weird and animate weird. I think, I don't, That's, I, hmm. yeah, I don't think animate that, weird is maybe like, uh, I, I could see, but I mean, I feel like they looked really, their faces uh, look off to me. There's like an uncanny Valley to it. Um, huh. and uh, I've, I've already seen a couple weird, um, glitchy things, um, that weren't like game breaking or anything yet. There was this, there was this hilarious moment where, um, when you, you, you do this one, this one mission, this first major mission with, uh, Jackie, where you're trying to get this person that's been like abducted or something. And they might be like trying to rip open their body to like sell their organs. So I like save them. I like leave them outside for the trauma team. Um, and, uh, when we're walking back indoors, Jackie just kind of walked through the wall 
and then he walked through like a locker and it and the lockers were like locked but it exploded all of them open and then all this debris flew everywhere and he just casually kind of walked through the wall and then out of locked lockers and they popped open and like debris flew everywhere so that's weird um, that sounds good did you and you got the the treasures inside right i got the treasures inside so so uh you know i haven't i haven't played a lot of it to uh say uh, say much on it it's one a, way or the other yeah it's a bummer that it's not running well though you got to figure that out yeah like if i think that i would certainly be liking it a little bit better if it was like buttery smooth it's not buttery smooth i whenever i see that kind of stuff it's like very jarring even if it's if even if it's not completely game breaking or anything just just like just frame rate hitches are they're jarring you want to have like a really smooth experience you want to be like as immersed <coughs> in it as possible especially in a game like this and uh just be, when you look around too quick or something having uh some weird like sometimes i'll be a texture pop in or just having some frames dip is like it's it's annoying absolutely yeah i agree hopefully you can uh figure out why that might be do you track your temperatures no you still don't track your temperature so you don't even know if this is like receipt it's making yeah i don't know i have to like uh, maybe i'll also like download some i'm not even sure if i've downloaded drivers in a little mm. while maybe i'll do that too but I, I but i mean when cyberpunk came out like i definitely had downloaded those drivers since that yeah um uh just a little on harbor came out so there's finally a new thing that came out in valorant and he's a smoke character i love that um he kind of is between a viper and someone else uh he has a lot of stuff. He, I feel like his place so far is that he's one of the best, if not the best, attack smoke characters. He really like has his kit is like so good around making a site completely messed up for like five seconds, for like for like thirty seconds or so. Um, he his his like signature ability. He creates this wall where it's kind of like a massive phoenix wall where he can kind of choose where it goes, but it's like a site wide wall. It's a massive wall of smoke. Um, so you can just block off like every line and just kind of make a little area for the team to run into. I like that. He has a he, one of his coolest abilities. He can shoot a an orb that and uh, uh, that stays up for like a minute. It stays for a really long time, and it's like a smoke orb, but it can be shot uh, through. But the important thing is that it stops shot. So you can uh, throw it down as your teammate is like planting and it provides them cover the enemy can't see them and they have to shoot through the they have to break the orb first so that's really cool um he has a cascade which i think is a really neat ability there's nothing like it in the game yet where he makes a wall of smoke that moves forward it's really cool for um there's nothing like this and i feel like it is the first thing that is like kind of trying to fight a like meta of people shooting down maybe like a hallway kind of where you can you can like throw this and then chase down the smoke in a hallway and clear angles as you're 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 safe in the front but you can clear the angles on the sides as you're moving forward so it's a really cool feeling ability and his ultimate it doesn't doesn't block shots or anything it does not right? block shots it doesn't block shots all of his abilities slow people entering and exiting it um that is that goes for you and your allies uh, so if enemies or allies walk through his uh, water ability, his cascade or his um, signature E, the the big wall, um, they get slowed for a little bit, um, a very short slow. Um, and his ultimate is a huge site-wide area where it, it for like a solid 15 seconds or so, it uh, pings enemies 
Um, it doesn't show you where they are, but it kind of like makes this torrent underneath them. So they have to keep moving around. Um, if they stand in the same spot, the torrent will like knock them up in the air and also concuss them. So they, um, this is similar to like the breach concussion where, uh, you can't scope down sites and your, 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 um, automatic weapons like fire slow. Um, so it's very disorienting and if you do it on a site it means that enemies can't just safely sit in one spot they can easily walk out of it but they can't just sit in one spot and then like wait to take a safe angle they're probably gonna have to run out into the open um but he's a really cool character he's a really cool addition to the game i love the way he looks he has got like some of the best visuals in the game like the, from the way that the character himself looks he's the first uh indian addition to the to the game um so th he looks really cool um uh, and his abilities are really cool. I just love the way he, like, the way that they look, the water effects are really nice, and he's a cool addition to the game, and it's another controller, so, um... And he's also the first controller where all three of his abilities obscure vision. Yeah, so he, he is a really cool addition to the game. I always like having another controller. Like, we don't necessarily play, like, aggressively meta, so it's just nice to have a character that, uh, goes in that, like, uh omen brim kind of spot that that whenever someone is getting pushed onto con to controller there's another new option um and yeah. he feels good and, and, and like i said like he kind of feels different he feels like he's an attack controller he feels like he's not quite as good when it comes to stopping enemies from getting on your site but he's really good for just getting onto sites like he like viper used to have that where the wall just feels so strong sometimes I, I, having a good viper on the team and the and, and your team kind of all pushing on that viper wall is like you cut off so much of the site that enemies have to start to like take dangerous angles or walk through the smoke that they don't want to walk through to be able to guard the site from you guys just rushing onto it and now there's a character that kind of does that too um but it, it, even in a, like a stronger way but um he feels like versus viper is also good on defense i feel like harbor is like kind of a weaker character on defense like he just doesn't i feel like he's struggled to keep people off of sites the way that he can retake a site so that's another interesting element to him is like he can he kind of retakes pretty well but uh but that's valorant no no other like major changes those are probably video games that can be video game i can't think of any other video game take us home that's all the video games uh this has been wtdg podcast you can find us online at wtdgpodcast.com on your favorite podcasting apps, right? Like a Spotify or an iTunes Music, where you can rate, comment on the show, maybe. I don't know what they allow. Uh, Twitter, at sign WTDGpodcasts. You could, you could follow that and get notifications about when new episodes go live. Thank you, Ryan Galloway, and crying for the use of music, music intro and outro. Uh, you can get it off the new album. The, the, uh, did I say bumper? What did I even say? Thank you, Ryan Galloway, and bumper for the... Oh, dang. How do I mess this up? It's been doing it for 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 years now because when because when the new album <clears throat> Pop Songs 2020 came out, it was actually 2020, and it's almost 2023. Um, mm. You can find them at, at YouTube where you can find links to all their merch. I think there's going to be. I'm I'm hearing that there's new crying in the works. So all right, give what? us the outro. Um, we don't have it yet, right? No, we don't have. Now we, we can. I, I I've been watching Edge Runners, so we can start saying stuff just like. Oh, we could say stuff like "Wake up, samurai! We got a city to burn." Or I could say stuff like, uh, "Just like, hey, Ch what are you still doing here, Choom? You know? Yeah. What do you think Choom is short for? Chum. That that that's longer than Chum. 
I don't know. Read the books. It's probably from the books. You know? Yeah. They, you, <laughs> read read a book. Do your own it. Do your own uh, research. You know, the the Ed, Edge Runners has so much slang, and the I was waiting to have that like constant slang in the actual in Cyberpunk 2020, 2077, the game. Um, and I, so far, I'm pleasantly surprised that there's not as much slang because the edge runner slang is like out of control. It's like five times in a sentence. People are like, I'm net jacking in my dreamscape here, you choom. Get go to the dock ripper and get two military grade chipsets and come back when you got a when you got some iron on you. Like what the what was anything that you just said? Whatever Samurai, Jackie Black, Modern Family. How about that Modern Family, right? Chose all right. How about that Modern Family? I've been watch. I watched. I started Haikyuu. You watched it. <laughs>